dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up That is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 82 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Join with me tonight is Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? For the second time, doing good. Hey, it's only your uh, third week back, so hitting that record button, uh, you know, you're, you're getting in the swing of things. We'll, we'll give you a pass this one time. You might. Billy's going to kill me. Don't worry, I'm going to get the text <laughs> later on. Only because we're not halfway through the episode, I'd probably just walk <laughs> away and call it a night. Yeah. Thank God I remembered while we were on the first subject. Un- unbelievable this is just dynasty underdog behind behind the curtains pulling you know pulling open the curtains checking checking out what's happening under the hood here the uh unedited version yeah <laughs> exactly but but let's hop into it man like like i said dude ton of news this week <laughs> we have plenty to cover you're right that should be that should have been the pick you up you needed so you should be that's good to a go. pick me up i need all right so <laughs> first topic calvin ridley is going to be suspended for all of 2022 i think he only played like four or five games last year Thing is, he got caught betting on NFL football through a FanDuel or DraftKings account, one or two, with his personal phone. And because of that, he's going to miss the whole entire 22 season. Yeah, as Billy was saying before, while we were not recording, you would think there has to be some ignorance on his part here because uh, the DraftKings has a deal with the NFL where they're getting any they're scanning the players' accounts to make sure nothing's being bet on that they're actively participating in their own sport. Obviously, they can bet on other sports. They can't be completely banned from the system, but you would think if an NFL player is betting on an NFL game, he should at least know that, wait a minute, this might signal a red flag. Why does my cousin bet on the game for me? Yeah, right. Or make an account that's not under his name or, or whatever it is. There's definitely ways around it. Regardless, I also thought this was just an interesting thing. I heard apparently players, like you just said, are allowed to bet on other sports, but like other staff in the NFL are not. Oh, really? Yeah, they are not allowed to bet on other sports, including the NFL. It is a very strange policy that they have, which man, I'd imagine would would be looked at after things like this. But that aside, you know, this is a lot of people are are, are citing, and I think it's worth mentioning that you you know like the the league has has suspended players for fewer games for much greater offenses things like domestic violence and such right uh and and i think that's excuse me i think that's a fair point but i also think that the two things can be true right like calvin ridley should be suspended for what he did even if it is ignorance and also the nfl should absolutely be suspending people for longer or the, the, the two punishments should should not equal and there shouldn't be this much of a discrepancy between the two, you know, on, on this side of things. But look at it this way. Nobody's ever going to do this again. Right. Like what player is going of course to they are. The entire season? No, I don't think so. Not like this. Like they're going to they, they may be betting through, like you said, like their cousin or something, but they're not going to get in trouble like this again because 
a year suspension, like that'll fix it. Oh, for sure. But no, I mean, I think a full year is a bit excessive. It is. But at the same, but at the same time, I think I would feel worse for him if he didn't, if he wasn't being so cocky about it, going out on Twitter and saying, oh, it was only $1,500. So this, so that I think he sent out two or three tweets about it. So from a dynasty standpoint, is this a buy low hold sell? How do you feel about having him on your roster? Do you, are you interested in getting him on your roster for cheaper? Oh, I'm trying to buy him right now as much as possible. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Billy? I've heard people getting him for like third round picks and whatnot. And yeah, I, I think you got to be in on, on that value there. Players have come back again from much worse. I imagine that he'll be back. He'll be healthy. He will be 29. So he'll be a little bit older, but I think you could still get a couple of seasons out of him at, at least a productive wide receiver that you could plug in somewhere in your roster in a meaningful spot. So yeah, I, the only thing you got to be concerned about is was he doing, or is there more to this? Does the league not want us to know that he was betting on games while he was with the Falcons and he took the leave much like uh, many think Michael Jordan did, right? That kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'll take a year off, you know, go play baseball because maybe you were betting on some games and you were betting a little too much and you need to clean your shit up. You know what I mean? And obviously there's differences here, but you just have to consider the fact that the, the mental health issues that he's citing may be related to this in some way and that he's that he's not ready to come back yet regardless. So, I mean, he has a year now to get ready, I guess. Two things. One is the time he stepped away from the team, I think a month before the, these bets allegedly happened. As you said, of course, there could be more information or the, we don't know. But at the same time, the NFL has come out and said that there was no player involvement from any other players or team personnel or anything. It seems he did this strictly by himself. There was no trying to um, sway the game in any direction one way or the other. All right, next one, Aaron Rodgers, he got the bag. So he got a four-year extension, $200 million. And well, we don't know. That's he, he'll just oh, yeah, that's it. right. He said that the details <laughs> might not be all correct. Whatever. He, he's getting a ton of money and he's going to be back with Green Bay at the very least. Yes. He's retiring at Packer. That's, that's, you know, I mean, that's good for anybody who has Aaron Rodgers in a recent, I don't know, Dynasty Underdog 2 listener league that they took him in. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I see that, you are. No, that's definitely, I and mean, you got him at a value in, in that league for sure. So it's definitely good news for, for the Dynasty folks who bought low or were able to buy low. I think, you know, all things pretty much stay about the same. Nothing to worry about here. Devontae gets the tag. It sounds like he's going to get tagged so he's there for at least a year for about like 17 million and i'm sure that they'll try to find a way to keep him there long term as long as aaron Rodgers is going to be there so i'd imagine after this like he'll get a, a two-year deal but you just got to be happy i guess for all of the players involved here because it's it's just security at this point right Anybody who held on to their Devonta shares, you got to be happy. Yeah. I mean, imagine how I feel in class wars. I, my two quarterbacks are Rodgers and Wilson. <laughs> and then, <laughs> had a, you had a great week. Yeah. You had a good week. All right. Next one, Mike Williams, three-year extension to stay with the Chargers. I think we actually talked about this when we did our free agent running uh, wide receiver segment. And we talked kind of like, not like we know Mike Williams personally, but just kind of, I think we both felt that somehow, some way he was going to try to stay with the team. And we nailed it. He's going to be back uh, tethered to Justin Herbert for at least another three years. How do you feel about 28 million guaranteed in year one? I don't care. Uh, I mean, I say this all the time. I don't, 
it's not my pocketbook, so I don't, I don't really <laughs> care. But no, I'm saying, what do you, how do you, okay, I guess my question should have been, how do you think your franchise is viewing him if they're uploading, if they're front loading the contract that much and wondering about his long term? As their number one wide receiver, I think, as their their 1A, 1B alongside Keenan, you know, the Josh Palmer folks got to take a seat now, right? Like he's definitely not going to be what you thought he was. He, he could be a solidified wide receiver three for the Chargers, which is probably going to have some value, but he's not what you wanted him to be. And he's not going to have that value spike, right? So I think, you know, three years, $60 million for Mike Williams, you have to hope that they intend on using him slightly different, more volume, more areas of the field, like they were at the beginning of the year. So that's what I'd be expecting based on this kind of contract, you know? So I, I think wheels up, honestly, like it was kind of a shaky year for his dynasty value. You could have got him, you could have sold him or bought him at a really high price early in the season. I think it, it really kind of dropped. I was thinking about going out and sending some offers for him, but then this hit and it's like, you know, through the roof. So yeah. can't do anything now. All right. Next one. This one was actually probably the most shocking of all of it. Yeah. Just because we've seen this guy play in the same uniform his entire career. He's going to be an MVP, uh, Hall of Fame player, most likely. Russell Wilson traded to Denver. Absolutely wild. Wild for, for a haul. I thought it was actually a pretty good trade for both sides from a yeah. real NFL perspective. Like, I'm sure all the dynasty and fantasy people are like shit in their pants. Like, how could you not get more firsts? But, I would have thrown in another third at least. <laughs> but I, I think two first, one being a top 10 this year. They got Noah Fant, Drew Locke, whatever you think of him. They got a defensive tackle, Shelby Harris, was it? I think yeah, he's, he's that was who was he? I, I know he's a pretty talented young defensive tackle and uh, two second round picks as well. And I think one of each of those first and second round picks is in 2023. So I, I thought it was pretty good. They're going to probably reach pool with possibly Malik Willis or some kind of quarterback in this year's draft at that nine spot, I would think. I mean, they could do something different. Who knows? But I mean, wow, hell of a trade for Denver, right? And and they pulled off again. And I think it's kind of crazy that they did this, a similar thing that they did with Peyton Manning, but without John Elway's influence, or at least as much of it, because I know that they pushed him aside recently. So it was really just interesting seeing them as that team that is just going to go out there and get the top tier quarterback and say, we can win, we can win with, with you here. And I mean, you got to think that the the offensive weapons though, maybe they're not as good, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but I think Judy and Sutton, great weapons, production is going to go up there. And uh, the, the main thing I, I, the main thing I'll say is I think that there is a huge gulf between what people want Javante Williams to be and what they actually think he is, because I have Javante Williams and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to sell now, right? Like he's he's running back one, two, three for you, right? Because that's that's what you said was going to happen and nobody's willing to pay it. So I don't think you actually believe what you are putting out there. I think you just want something to happen. And I, I don't know if that's really what what's going to happen with Javante, so. I just want to point out how funny it is that you just mentioned them pu- uh, pushing away John Elway when there's rumors that John Elway is trying to get together a group to buy the team. Really? <laughs> the team is for sale. That That is what happened, though. Like, he, he yeah. they did the, – the ownership did effectively kind of push him away because they, they said that his influence was kind of hurting the team. At, at 100%. Point. And I think this move honestly helps them sell the team because they have this huge commodity now at quarterback that they didn't have before. Oh, for sure. We got to give it up to the the owner there. I know if you you guys probably follow Benjamin Albright, he's one of the best uh, uh, 
Bronco insiders out there. I mean, he, and also he's just a good reporter. And, good NFL reporter. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, he was saying that the ownership there said that, you know, they're going to get one, going to get one of those two top quarterbacks, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson. And, you know, like half an hour after the Aaron Rodgers news broke, you got the Russell Wilson news broke. So they put in all their chips. They said, we're getting our guy. They've drafted a ton of quarterbacks ever since Manning left and they have struck out every single time. So I think they really realize their weakness is not being able to evaluate the quarterback talent. And so they're just going to go get a guy that they know can do it. So. Okay. Before we move on, let's talk about a couple of things here real quick. I'll just throw them out there and y'all we can go. Uh, Alberto, right? Because Noah fan obviously sent away in this deal to Seattle Seahawks. How do we feel about him, his value, are you just selling it? Are you just letting other people kind of dive into that? Secondarily, how do we feel now about Noah Fant, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, all the skill position players? Now we know that Seattle is probably going to fix that QB situation somehow, but it's going to be in in transition for the next couple of years, I think, or you know, a prospect developing. So, how do we feel about all these players now, from a dynasty perspective? Obviously, the word is they're going to keep uh, DK, but I think they're going to sell him. There's not a better time for them to sell them, especially if they're trying to stock up on future assets. So then you're buying DK. I mean, I'm I'm holding D. I'm holding I'm holding DK because I have him. But yeah, no, yes, I am buying. Yes, then I'm buying him. Yes, buying DK, probably selling Lockett. Um, and then on Denver side, I'm honestly buying all three of their receivers: Tim Patrick, Judy, and uh, Sutton. So, but I, okay, I think everybody's losing sight of the fact that Russell Wilson's probably not going to change who he is. He's not going to be a high volume passer just because he went to Denver, right? So I think that we're still going to see some of these pass catchers suffer, whether it's Alberto, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, your favorite back end guy that they have, right? I, I think it could be another situation that we find where it's the top two guys that, you know, really benefit from from him so I, I don't know that's one thing i think people are losing sight of because i hear a lot of tim patrick a lot a lot of tim patrick and i'm not as into that as much as most but i think i'm more interested in like no no offense value because that obviously just fell off a cliff and i think if they use him correctly given the fact that you could see lockett and and dk maybe you know one of them is going to move right <laughs> at, at the very yeah. least i think at some point one of them is going to move I mean, it's no fan time, right? Like so the quarterback's going to use this guy. So I think he could have more value than we're giving credit for. To be honest, even if they roll lock out there for a year, I think Noah Fant's going to have a great upcoming season. They have the chemistry. He's going to drop it off to him. And it honestly might cause both wide receivers um, capital to plummet this season. It really depends on who they have in the quarterback situation. Yeah, I think I agree with most, most of what you guys are saying. I think Fant is a sneaky situation to be um, one of the premier receivers on that team. I think Lockett's going to take a big hit because some of the reason why he was so good, because he, he's good, but he's good, but he needs a quarterback who's really good at getting the ball exactly where it needs to be. And Russell Wilson is very, very, very good at doing that. Unlike most quarterbacks, you know, there aren't six other quarterbacks that could do that, you know, so no matter who they bring in, what Lockett's skill set is, is, is going to take a hit. DK is still going to do what DK does. Fant's still going to be a guy for uh, inexperienced or more inaccurate quarterback, in my opinion. And with uh, Albert O, I don't know, man. I've seen some 
Alberto top 10, Alberto top 12. And if you're in a league that with anybody who thinks that, I think you could probably sell Alberto. Um, I'd take a second round pick for him, right? I, that, I think I think I'd just take it straight up and just be happy with it and go find something something else. Uh, that's that's just kind of you know easy ROI on on a guy that you'd pay nothing for. Last last thing I want to say before we move to the next thing is Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. There's a lot of talk about which one of those guys is going to benefit, be the alpha, right? And I don't think we really know. But what I do want to do over the next couple of weeks is dive back into Jerry Judy's profile a little bit because I know that there's a lot going against him analytically as far as being a true hit going forward, you know, historically at least. So I'd like to dive back into that and exactly and put it into context because I think that there is some injury stuff that happened there. And I know that we don't care about context a lot of the time because it really doesn't matter either way. If they hit these, if they don't hit these thresholds, generally they don't work out. But I think that he is in a unique situation to kind of surpass or break through where others couldn't given his skill set and all of the context around it. So I'd like to dive back into that one day. I think that there's something there. Absolutely. So before we dive into it, uh, do you view Judy more as DK or more as Tyler? Tyler. I think, yeah. I mean, I think physically Cortland Sutton profiles more as a guy like DK, but I think that Jerry Judy is a completely different player than Tyler Lockett. Like he's much more technically sound than, Tyler Lockett ever was coming out and now maybe Tyler Lockett is fairly technically sound now but I think he can do a lot more things from a route running perspective than Tyler Lockett can to be quite honest with you yeah he's always open Terry Judy gets open all the time always mm-hmm. he sure does he just has nobody throwing the ball to him with Russell Wilson throwing the ball like you could see some incredible things this year really all right next one it's whatever, but uh, Carson Wentz got traded to Washington. <laughs> it's I like it, it, it's whatever, but you know Carson Wentz. Got- <laughs> but it, but it yeah, happened. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel bad for Washington, dude. <laughs> yeah, because well, they were you know they were trying to get Rodgers or trying to get Russell Wilson, and they kind of were like, well, shit, we'll take Wentz. <laughs> I, I I will say for Terry McLaurin, this is the best quarterback he's had since he's been in the NFL. Not true. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick for a couple games. Oh, shit, you're right. But anyways, he's there, and presumably, you know, he'll be the starter for the whole season. I don't think Washington. Presumably. Presumably. I don't know. Maybe we'll see Heineke towards the end of the season. I don't know. I don't really care about it too much. I do think this does help Terry. But other than that, and if you're still holding on to uh, Wentz share, you know, this is kind of a – if he's your third quarterback, you're probably feeling happy that at least he's starting somewhere for now. But other than that, I don't have much else to say. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think this is another opportunity to get off of Wentz personally. And honestly, I also think, and this is probably not a very popular take, but this, I think, is also an opportunity to get out of Terry McLaurin. I, I like Terry McLaurin as a player, like real NFL football, want him on my team, 100%. That's not the problem here. I don't think he's very good for fantasy unless he's going to have a really good quarterback that can help him be efficient because he's efficient in his own right, but he's a lot of his targets are down the field targets. And it it's just not something I want on a team that isn't constantly producing good football, to be quite honest with you. I think that he needs to be in a better situation. And this is just like, I. it's almost just like a, I don't want Washington guys 
for the most part. Nobody does. And it, and I think the stigma's kind of washed off on him, but I really do think it's a problem. And I don't really want him on my fantasy roster if I don't have to. All right. Uh, next one, Evan Ingram. He is a free agent. We talked about this before. His value in like DTC was like a third or something. I think I made a couple offers, wasn't able to get anything done, but they're talking about Evan Ingram being a wide receiver. It's stupid. <laughs> well, I do got to go. I got to go back. So I don't know if you guys know who Dane Burglar is. He's a not familiar with it. Dane Burglar, he on Twitter, he's like DP Burglar. He writes for The Athletic right now, but he's a guy that I have, I've followed for his scouting reports probably for the last eight years before they were behind the paywall. Super smart guy, but he did have uh, Evan Ingram's draft year. He had him listed as a wide receiver, so it's not that silly. I don't think it's silly to, like, I do think it's silly. He's, he's like, he's like, I went <laughs> okay. five years in the league, six years into the league. like Five, I believe. Just because you line him up in the slot, like, all of a sudden, what, Gasicki is just a wide receiver because he lines up in the slot almost every time. Like, he's not a slot wide receiver. I just think it's a fucking dumb report. Like, he's going to be a tight end, and you're going to line him up as, as a, you know, pass catching tight end, like, I, I don't know. It's just a weird report. Like, I don't think anybody's out here, like any team is going to sign him and be like, yeah, we're transitioning Evan Ingram to a wide receiver. He's going to play the X and he'll be running deep routes. Like that's not, he doesn't even have great hands either. So I don't, I don't know. Breaking news. Patriots signed Evan Ingram to three-year contract. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. After we, after we paid, what are we paying? Two tight ends this year, $15 million, one which doesn't do anything. So, yeah, great. That's what we need to do. Down in season. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on Evan Ingram. I, I think that there's probably better options for Dynasty at this point. I'm holding him just because I refuse to take what his value is right now. So I'd rather hold him and hope for something than trade him for nothing. There will be a value spike. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on the opposite end. Like, I'm still trying to get him because I think I've seen him do it. So I'm kind of excited about the fact that I've seen him do it. And he is cheap, but folks are much more like Josh than you'd like when you're trying to buy <laughs> Right, <somebody>. right, right. <laughs> I, I think if he lands somewhere like Green Bay, then, yeah, I mean, you're going to be able to sell him for the fucking world. So it's worth holding him right now, for sure. I'm not saying sell him right now, but I, I don't really – I don't know. Maybe this is one of those that I'm like just being hard headed about because if you can go get him for a third or a fourth and he does get in that situation, then it's like a really good investment. So there's opportunity there, but I am not like Uriah betting that he can do it. I'm just betting that his value spikes. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So we had the NFL combine. Are there any, did you guys get to watch any of them? I honestly didn't. <laughs> really? I, I watched almost all of the skill position players and then I had some stuff going on, so I couldn't just sit and watch all the defensive stuff, but I did come back and watch a good bit of it. I just didn't catch like the beginning of, I think the cornerbacks and whatnot. I hate to say this and I'm actually really embarrassed by it. The only reason I know knew it happened this past weekend was because while I was out, I saw it on TV. <laughs> all right. All right. Well now, now we, we get a little bit of insight into, uh, into the, the dynasty mechanics of Josh. But <laughs> now then when I found out it was fucking happening, I watched the replays that was happening 24 hours a day on NFL network. Yes. So I, yes, it I was. Off. Don't worry. I know what's going on. Well, for those of you who watched it, <laughs> Were there any any players that stood out to you? Oh goodness, my boy! Obviously, the the Brees Halls of the world, like guys like him, stood out. Malik Willis, baby. Desmond Ritter's athleticism was pretty impressive from the quarterback yeah, side of I things. Like not all the quarterbacks mm-hmm. showed. Uh, obviously, Kenny Pickett's hand size was was talk of the of the weekend. Eight, I think eight and a half inches or something, which is like 
uber uber small but I, I think I heard that he had, he's like a double jointed thumb or something which makes it hard for him to stretch I who knows but the kid can sling it anyway so and also Joe Burrow is like nine inch hands <clears throat> so I mean I know there's something to it for sure but but that's yeah that's interesting um I'm trying to think Tyquan Thornton who I don't think a lot of people knew the kid who ran the 4-2 40 or whatever yeah, super fast. fast and you go back and watch his tape and he's actually not the worst wide receiver or anything like that. he had 10 touchdowns last year pretty pretty good stuff out of him yeah Kyron Williams did very disappointing right kind of kind of knocks him down the ranks the running back from Notre Dame ran like a four six I think it was originally clocked as a four seven forty four six his three cones crap it just all the stuff was was really not great for him Traylon Burks didn't pop, right? I thought he was okay, but he didn't like he didn't jump off the page, which I think might depress his value, gives you opportunity to grab him. I think what's going to happen with him is the AJ Brown effect kind of thing where he falls into the middle of the first round and you end up getting good value for him sometimes. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, he was widely considered as wide receiver one for a lot of people. And then this happens then, you know, where super reactionary and i think he probably did get trapped i think you're nailed on the head i think you're actually gonna get him for pretty good pretty good value when the when the time comes oh you know who else stood out to me that i think is very much worth noting and i it, it's weird because i think with all of the really fast times and the defensive times and all that it, he's kind of going to be forgotten by the time it all, it's all said and done unless he gets crazy draft capital but sky more put together a great day and that, you know, go back and listen to our prospect profile if you haven't, but we, we, you know, we were all over him and kid out of the Western Michigan is, is getting a, a lot of love. I think from what he did there, uh, his quarterback also showed up. Apparently he's like two years out of, like he's only played two years in, in the, uh, it was Caleb Elby or whatever. If you saw him throwing around out there. Oh yeah. When I was watching Sky Moore, like, you know, you'd hear the announcer, you know, Caleb, what? say his name. I was like, man, his quarterback's pretty good. You know, I never heard his name before. I was like, this guy's actually dropping dimes. So that that's, yeah, I heard he's coming out early, uh, which is, which is weird for, for him, him but apparently he's, he's got it. So we'll see what happens with him. But was there any, I'm trying to think if there's anybody on the running back side that really stood out, but I don't know. A lot of people fell in love with Rashad white. I still am really not as high as, as everybody else is on him even with kind of this performance there i think ty chandler might have done something for himself the the kid out of north carolina who was behind javante and uh and, and the other kid that went to the jets he i think he had a good day and on film he actually looks pretty good too so those are a couple guys kenneth walker had a really good day but then the last one oh you know okay i'll finish off on tight ends jelani woods i didn't even know who the hell this kid was i'm gonna be honest before the combine i went back and watched him and holy crap this guy is unbelievable he is enormous he's like six seven and he can fucking move dude he can't block a lick so he's gonna, <laughs> he's not gonna be like an all he's he is literally like mo alley cox honestly that's what he reminds me of but he can move better so i'm really intrigued by by him and kind of what the nfl sees in him last one for me trey mcbride didn't run very fast for a size i didn't realize that he's a little undersized but that kid can block I, yes. I, I, did you see I, him I meant to text you when oh I when God. I saw it, but dude, he absolutely tore up the blocking drills. And all I thought of was you saying like that kid was out there like bailing hay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like absolutely looked like he was on a farm, just like moving a tractor or something with his feet. But the, nobody is gonna be able to block that kid. Like he's gonna he's gonna just tear people up. 
but but I don't know if he's going to be the the pass catching threat that we want him to be. I hope he is, but there's some other guys in there that that looked interesting other than him at the tight end position. What do you think about Damon Pierce? Uh, he didn't run as well as you'd want him to. I think he ran like a four or five though, so it wasn't bad. I I like Damon Pierce. It's just you know I, I don't know if he tested well enough to get the NFL's attention. So if he falls into the fourth fifth round, then it's yeah you know. I hear you. All right. So, well, first, I, I actually got to say the two guys that or three guys that we prospect on this show, Trey McBride, uh, Sky Moore, and Olave, they all had really good combines, in my oh. opinion. So it Olave. just makes me feel good. Olave, yeah. yeah, it just makes me feel good that, like, you know, these are guys that, like, we were pointing out weeks ago, you know, that we kind of liked, and then they go and do this, you know, underwear Olympics and have a good game. It's just like, I don't know. It feels good. You know, it's like, it's what we call uh, pet cats. You know, there's like, you know, that's my guy. You know, look at my guy. He did good. So, yeah, just it's like a, a proud papa moment for me right now. So, by the way, I hope you know that's the name of this week's episode: the Underwear Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But but yeah, I, I should have mentioned Chris Olave. I mean, the kid running that fast, and I think it got adjusted. And Garrett Wilson ended up running faster than him, which another guy, Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be dropped a little further than he should in fantasy drafts, and he's going to be a value because the kid is like got it all. But Chris Olave running the way he did, man, he did a lot for himself. I think both real NFL and fantasy. Absolutely. Which brings us to our next subject. I want to talk about double counting when creating prospects. So what I mean by that is you kind of, you look at the data, you watch the film and you get an idea or paint a picture about a prospect. And then they go to the combine and they do stuff. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like, look at this, you know, oh my God, like, well, okay, well, I want to be cautious of double counting. It's like, well, we knew he was fast or we knew this. So the two players that I wanted to put up here was Brees and Olave to kind of contrast. It's like, okay, so Brees Hall, he goes in there and he does a damn thing. He looks amazing, looks great. Not generational, but definitely up there, you know, not quite a Zeke, not quite a Jonathan Taylor, but, you know, he, he's sniffing, he's sniffing that area, right? But I think we kind of kind of expected that to begin with. So if you go in and you are using what he did at the combine to prop him up even more, that's what I would call double counting. Now you got Chris Olave, on the other hand, is he ran super fast. And I'm not the hugest film guy, but I did not see that speed on film. And that is not how he wins. He doesn't win by just blowing by dudes he's smooth he's a good route runner he's good with his hands he's the technician like he knows what he's doing out there so when a lobby goes out there and he runs as fast as he did that's not double counting that's adding something to his profile that honestly i don't think anybody realized how do you feel about that the way that you just put that in the context is awesome for for listeners and for myself it's something that you kind of got to check yourself on and make sure that you're not doing that with guys like Brees hall right because that's one again who i wasn't so high on but I think that you, I have to put it in context and say like a lot of what was what he put on at the combine is already what we knew about him, right? And Chris Olave, like you said, he just showed us something that literally nobody was saying. Nobody was saying Chris Olave was a burner, not a no. single person. So that is adding something to his profile. And what it did for me is I didn't, I didn't just say, okay, Chris Olave is fast up in the rankings. I literally had to go watch him on film again. I was like, I got to go watch this guy again and see if like I'm missing something or whatever it is. And, you know, I, there's slight adjustments you can make when you go and, and, and are able to kind of watch it back and see how he's using that speed, right? 
it's not that, oh, he's just blowing by guys, like you said, but he's, that's how he uses his speed within his routes, right? And after his routes and to, to do different things as, as a complete wide receiver like he is. So yeah, I, I think this is an awesome, that's an awesome thing to point out. One thing I want to say about Brees Hall that I think you can take away from this and you could take it away for actually a couple different players, especially on the defensive side. I didn't see a ton on the offensive side the same way I saw Brees Hall, but any interview Brees Hall did, he's like, I, I want to be the best. I'm the best. Don't like, I'm going to smash this shit. Like he is so confident and so like assertive and aggressive about it. And he like has no play and he doesn't laugh. Like he's stone faced. Like that says something to me when I, we've talked about this, like when you can get these guys interviews and see as much as you can about them, see, you know, their personalities and all that stuff. It means a lot. And I think for him, it definitely changed my thought on, the kind of player he is because I'm like, damn, this guy wants it and he is going to work. And I really think you have to do a pre-draft, uh, pre-draft ranking and then a post-draft ranking. Look at what your adjustments are between the two. And that's going to be really the biggest metric for you. Cause if that measurable, if you have a player jumping up 20 spots after your ranking, then that's definitely a player you want to look back into and see what did you miss originally that then stood out to you at the draft. Absolutely. It's definitely a good keeping track kind of like where you're at in these players before and after. The last thing I want to say though, is about like watching guys out there. Traylon Burks did stick out to me on his 40. I don't know if you caught this, but there was like a delay when he was starting to do his 40. And I don't know if it was him or I know that there was something else going on. At one point, the guy clocking it screamed at a woman like in like across from like, she was, you know, across from the, uh, the track and moving or whatever and he like lost it on her and that was also a delay before he got to run his his 40 but he was sitting there and he looked like he was really in his head and obviously a lot of people are making the comp to Nikhil Harry because of the size and all that kind of stuff but it, it that kind of did make me think a little bit like when if you go back and you can catch like the, the real tape of him running his 40 you see how long it took first of all and how much he's sitting there taking deep breaths more than anybody out there. And, and he obviously didn't get a 40 time that I think that he would like to kind of put him over the top. Right. Or, or also, I guess we would like as, as dynasty people, but that was just something that stuck out to me that I didn't see out of anybody else. Good point. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really even see that. So yeah. Cool. Life of the commish. You want to take this one? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take this one. Uh, you know, always talking about commissioner issues and just kind of how it is on our end sometimes especially when we run things through my fantasy league. And this week was just another one that I hadn't really run into. And I think it's good to talk to people about selling about so they know uh, both as like users and as commissioners, because this is something I just didn't know. But when you create the, like if you do a startup and you have draft picks in your startup, you have to create them as custom players in MFL. Once you create custom players, like you can't delete them you know, it tells you that, but you don't really think of the implications behind that. And then everybody drafts them, you assign the draft picks, and then they have these picks that they no longer need, but are taking on roster space. And you're like, all right, I need everybody to get rid of them. You try to do that. Okay. And you don't want to see them anymore, but you can't delete them. Like I said, it allows you to hide them. Okay. So I hid them, save that. Some people didn't drop their picks. Once you hide them, they make it, they be, they basically become invalid players on your roster and it stops you from making any ad drops doing anything that you'd want to do something i didn't know which obviously gives some people like 
a disadvantage if they want to go pick up a player or whatever. And then somebody else has, you know, five minutes and goes and picks up that player that that sucks for them. Right. So it's just something as a commissioner, you don't think about that is that is a strange little quirk. And also as a user, just drop your picks when we tell yeah. you to. As a commissioner, just do us a favor. It sucks for them, but at the same time, you gave them warning. And if they chose not to drop the pick, then so be it. I did. That's actually, that's very true too. You know, I did give them a, a, a bunch of warnings in the league chat about, you know, drop your picks, drop your picks. You know, they're assigned or whatever, but people are new to MFL and not everybody is always on their phone and shit. So, you know, just put it out there. Like, this is something I didn't know if you hide your custom players so that they don't show on your waivers and stuff like that, because that is annoying. You don't want people to add them and stuff if they're on somebody's team, it's going to kind of screw their team over. You're going to have to go do extra work. So that's what I've been dealing with going back in there, unhiding them, removing them from player from people's teams, <laughs> hiding them again, whatever, you know, the whole nine. So it's, it's a little bit of a pain, but something I think is worth letting people know about. Let's finish off with some trades and non-trades. We actually have quite a few, so this should be fun. All right. This first one is Devonta Smith and the 106 for Travis Etienne and the 104. How do you guys feel? Was it whose trade was this? Yours? My trade. I'm taking the Devontae Smith side personally. I kind of lean that way too. Cool. I got the Devontae Smith side. This is actually a trade. So last week I talked about I traded away DJ Moore for the 104 because the same guy who had the 106, he was like, Hey, you want to make another trade? I'm like, ah, I'm bored. Let's go. So he sent me over Devontae Smith 106 for Etienne and 104. And I'm like, Hey, that's cool. Like, I, I could get it out on Etienne and I can move down two spots. I kind of wish I had the 104 a little bit because I could probably get Breeze Hall or something like that. But it's my first share of Devontae Smith. And I think he's going to be doing just fine in this league. I was off on him last year, but he put me wrong. So I ended up with Smith and 106. Feeling pretty good about it. Prove you wrong. You make it right. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Come, I'll welcome you to my team now. Come on. <laughs> I was wrong. I'm sorry. Let's break bread. So that's how I looked at it. I only moved down two spots. Yeah, I like this. I think you'll get a good player at 106, especially if you're not after a quarterback. Uh, somebody might reach for one or two of those, and you know some players will drop you. So I like it. Yeah, you're going to be just fine. Next one is mine. This is actually a trade I made with Buddy Garbo. I've mentioned him on here quite a few times. Okay. Yeah, We, we just like to make trades together, and he's a great guy. We went back and forth on this quite a bit, and actually the trade stalled. <clears throat> I think he wanted like a 23 pick and I didn't want to give up any 23 picks. I was just like, ah, I don't care about it that much, but he wanted Brevin Jordan and he must listen to the show. Cause I know he listens to the show and he probably knows to like Cole Komet. And so I was like, well, I'll send you over an offer. I was like, you know what? I'll give you Brevin Jordan, my 212. I actually, I think I sent him over my 301 for Cole Komet. And then we talked about it a little bit and then it stalled. And then he got back to me. He was like, Hey, you know, that original trade, if you want to do it, I'll still do it. I'm like, all right, cool. And so it ended up being, I gave him Brevin Jordan 212 and I got my boy Cole Cabet. How do you feel? Home run. <laughs> you know, I'm on that commit train. So as much as I, as I mean, I'm also, I also like Jordan, but my opinion, Kmet's the better uh, prospect here. Yeah. I, I like Kmet here. I, I think Brevin Jordan is fine, but I think people are too low on Kmet. I do too. I wish it was my three or one just because I want that two in front of my pick instead of the three, but it's all good. Of course, no. What's going to happen is he's going to snipe the player that you want right before you pick. Actually, he, he told me, he's like, I hope you don't think this is a, he asked me, he's like, is it bad, uh, uh, bad etiquette to immediately put a player on the block after you trade for him? 
It's like, no, because I told him about, you know, he's the one that made the trade with uh, uh, Davis. Uh, Buffalo. Gabe Davis. Gabe yeah, Davis. Yeah, yeah. I told him, like, I'm going to try to sell him yeah. right away. So he actually was like, hey, I have my 2022-12 that he just acquired for me. He's like, I will trade it straight across for any 23-12 or second. I was like, oh, go for it, dude. I hope you get it. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. All right, next one's me again. Uh, I've been busy. So uh, in Dynasty Underdog Listener League 2, someone reached out to me. He wrote like a full paragraph on why we should make the deal, which was more than I needed. But uh, he offered <laughs> me digs, the 306, the 312 for my Gainwell, my 109, and 303. It's like you have 72 hours to respond. I'm or like, else. Oh. Yeah, or else. I was like, you know, I, I kind of like the trade anyway, so let's just get it done. So how do you guys feel? What side do you guys like? I think you should have made him sweat till hour 71, but... <laughs> I don't have that good... T- <laughs> my, time, my, my timekeeping skills aren't that great. I personally I personally like the Gainwell side. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the dig side here. I think best player uh, asset, sorry, in, in this trade. The way I look at it is like digs for the 109 and then the other stuff, like... Yeah, obviously you take Gainwell in the 303 over 306 and 312, but I think digs for the 109, it, it's enough value made up there to, to take the dig side for me. But I guess it also depends maybe on what you're trying to do with your team. Like this might be okay to get out on digs for. I'd probably want a little bit more, but yeah. It was fun. I, I think that probably Gainwell is a little undervalued, which is probably good for the guy who just acquired him. But uh, I'll, I'll take Diggs. I'll, I'll take a guy who's for sure scoring points every week. He is the he is the number one, and there's not a very close number two on that team, despite what people want to think about Gabriel Davis. Sorry, yeah, he's still not going to be a thing. Agreed. And I had a fight. I was fighting that battle on Twitter again, by the way, because I heard also rumors that the Bills are interested in Christian Kirk, which I think is a great idea for the Bills. Yeah. And also, I would think it would be hilarious to watch them bring in another guy who is like just better than Gabe Davis again. A like, I, I love it. I love just it. A tad, and just are, a tad. And, and oh my God, people, what has, what has Christian Kirk done to deserve to get targets over Gabriel Davis? Okay. You're not watching football, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. I literally had to tell somebody like, go look at the box scores because when I go look and I literally feed them to you, you are acting like you didn't go look at that either. And then agreeing with, I just don't get it anyway. All right. So I'm done with my trades. When we talk about the uh, David Montgomery Dynasty Underdog Listener League 2 poll, let's talk about it. Our buddy, our listener, David Kingston, he put a Twitter poll up in DU2 asking, would you pay a 24 first round pick for David Montgomery? And this actually leads into a trade that Josh and I made. I yep. thought it was on here. Is it on it here? It is. It's right under it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Literally right next, the next, the next talking point. So this was in reference to a trade we're about to talk about, but he asked, would you pay a 24 first round pick for David Montgomery? And the results actually were five people saying, no, they would not pay a 24 first for David Montgomery and three saying, yes, they would. Me being one of those three, I think that it's a smash deal sending a a pick two years out for a guy who is going to score you as many points as David Montgomery can. He's, you know, top 12 back for sure. So this was on the back of this trade that Josh and I made. It ended up being Adam Troutman, 3.09, and a 2024 first-round pick for Khalil Herbert, John Bates, and a 3.07. I got the 2024 first side. Josh got the Khalil Herbert, Bates, 3.07 side. 
And yeah, so that, that obviously that poll was on the back of that because somebody was like, you know, I, I think they were trying to speak to the value of Khalil Herbert right now, right? Yeah. And and the value of, of David Montgomery at the same time. So I guess, how do you guys feel about that all around? Well, obviously Josh likes the Khalil Herbert side because he's the one that took it. Yes. But I, I like the 24 first side, personally. That's fine. I mean, every, That's everybody, <laughs> everybody knows. I'm just saying everybody knows my position on future, on future draft picks. Yeah, yeah. Especially if uh, Montgomery goes down again and Herbert has a good season. I could definitely flip him in my mind for more value than that. Um, he's already proven he's a good standalone running back. Um, and in my opinion, depending on how, what direction the, bear go, the Bears go, they might sell Mont to get value for him now and run with Herbert. Who do you think scores more points this year? John Bates, Khalil Herbert, or Troutman? Oh, John Bates and Khalil Herbert easily. I think score more points than Troutman. I think probably both in their own right can score more points than than him, to be quite honest. I'm not super high on Troutman. I thought that this was a good deal for the 2024 first value. My team is really, I think, more – on the competitive side than on the rebuild side. So I can wait for this pick to gain the value that I needed to gain. I think it's an interesting trade though, because if you think about it, Khalil Herbert straight up, like what, what are you trading him for right now? Because personally, I think the, if I, I would, I would need at least like a 2023 second, something that I, I didn't know where it was going to be right. Like a, a second round pick for him or a mid second this year kind of deal to move him and I might be too high on Herbert, but that makes me also think, you know, it also really depends on how my team performs. I view my team as being very strong the next two years. So in my mind that uh, 2024 first is going to be towards the later half of the draft. Okay. That's fair. And again, I might be too high on Herbert, like you just said, but with him and Bates, I, I viewed it as a smart, as a good trade to pull off at the moment. All right. The next one is Josh's. What do you got here? So this one is my campus Canton league. Um, somebody hit me up, asked me if I was interested in train Tannehill. So we were going back and forth. He sent me a super low ball offer. I counter back and pretty much then we decided to center the trade around Tannehill and Baker. We pretty much viewed them as equal, as pretty much equal players. Uh, Baker's obviously a lot younger where uh, Tennessee also runs the ball a lot more. So Tannehill's value is kind of capped off. So he was, I really wanted Durst Johnson and Calvin Wright, really. I wanted just to hold on to him to see what could happen. So, and so he's like, well, how about one of your older guys, either Thielen or Brandon Cooks? I wanted to hold on to Cooks. I personally like him. I view Thielen as fading out. And depending on what direction the Vikings go, his value could tremendously tank, in my opinion. And then he just wanted a defensive player. So I threw in, I know I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize in advance, but Yannick. Nagu, Ngakwe, uh, along with the 2023 third and fifth. I don't know. In my opinion, it was a pretty fair deal when all, everything's said and done. Uh, Johnson's value might take a year or two to develop, but by the time that all happens and Ridley comes back, I think I'll have the better end of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to win this year, I think the Tannehill feel inside uh, is probably better. But I, I personally am interested in Dearness Johnson and obviously what Calvin Ridley could do. Dearness Johnson's a guy we talked about with our free agent running back situation. Anytime that he's been on the field when either Hunt or Chubb was hurt, Dearness Johnson did pretty damn good. And I think he's probably in free agency, might get a shot to be a starting running back. So I like that forward thinking in, in acquiring him. I can't really speak. Oh, 
I don't, sorry, you're right for cutting you off. I was going to say the other thing I mentioned to you two offline is my campus, the Canton NFL team is deep. I came in second place, I believe, last year. So to me, I my team standalone value is still up there to keep me competitive while I could hold out and wait on the value of Johnson and Ridley. Either way, I, I think it's pretty fair. I can't really speak on the IDP player. Uh, I don't know how Ngakwe scores or uh, it's it's all, you know. Yeah. Way over my head. Calculus to me at this point. So. <laughs> One day we'll get you on the IDP train. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think I like this deal the more that I thought about it after you you did it. I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think Tannehill is probably the better quarterback. But, you know, there's definitely more upside with Baker given his age and all that. So I, I understand that. But honestly, this is all about Ridley, I think, and Johnson. And moving on from feeling. So I like it. I think that in two years, this could look like a much better deal. And this is that whole thing we talked about. Lose the trade now, you win in six months. This one might take a little bit longer, but that same idea. Cool, man. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? We knocked it out the park today. Awesome. Even with the mishaps earlier, I think we still had a home run of an episode. Thank you. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Joshua M. Thank you and have a great week. He can't burst, he can't put you your own at man. dude. I've ch- I've changed my at so much in the last six months, so I'm still getting used to going back to my full name. You all are way too low on David Montgomery. Get it right, people. Get it right. Yes. Have a good night.